0: Hold on, hold on. This isn't how we start. You need to start by saying, like, hi, and we're here,
1: and all that, and then you oh, do this Oh, we missed thing. out on a yeah. bit of chat, didn't we? <laughs> Hang on, let me write this down. <laughs> Find a quiet moment, put some headphones on. Is it just me that thinks this is, like, the best news in ages?
2: I don't know what happened, but I fell in love. <laughs> Let's go.
0: The creators and hosts of Sky's Entertainment Backstage
1: Podcast. Are you awake, Stevie? He's like,
2: call me Ben. I don't think you could accuse it of being glamorous. <laughs> and I said, I'm not going to call you Ben Benedict Cumberbatch.
1: <laughs> I'm joined by the woman of the hour, Jodie oh, Comer. Much. How
0: much fun are you having teasing us all at the moment? You've got a laugh. Let's go!
1: Hello and welcome to the latest episode of Backstage, Sky News' Entertainment Podcast. We are all here. I, well, we're not all here. No, we're being very
0: responsible and studio <laughs> distancing.
1: Yes, that's more than a metre away from each other. Oh, yeah. It? I mean,
0: you and I, opposite sides of London. Stevie, yes. three and a half thousand miles away.
2: <laughs> yep, I'm, in, a, I'm in, a, in my apartment in New York, so get away, please.
1: <laughs> oh, isn't it funny? In a week, everything's changed so much. We are all taking this a lot more seriously now and staying in.
2: Truth is, you know, I've I've experienced this in Asia when I was back there in February. And so it's interesting to see how, like, it's... Uh, expanded to now the West and so this is my second time with uh, with the scare. So, Anyone
1: um, would think it's following you around, Stevie Wall. No. You
2: know, <laughs> Super spreaders.
1: Many things follow Stevie around.
0: Coronavirus is nothing new.
1: Oh, <laughs> uh, Let's get on with the show. We need something to cheer us up. So coming up on this week's show, what do you get if you cross football with Downton Abbey? Well, it's the latest show by Julian Fellows.
2: Fergus Souter, you and I are going to make history that's the reason i brought you here i've got a documentary for you that's going to inspire you called crib camp when we were that young we helped empower each other it was allowing us to recognize that the status quo is not what it needed to be
0: and designers go head to head in amazon's latest reality show i love it's like a spider's web that is beautiful what's coming next well well what do we call this
1: there's no name
2: for it. Fashion, darling. Fashion. Oh. yes. Oh, fashion. <laughs>
1: what, what's your fashion like, Stevie, at the moment, if you're not going out? You've got your permanent onesie.
2: <laughs> well, I, no. Today is a, um, a T-shirt that says Hawaii because, obviously, I would rather be there right now. And, um, yeah, and, and my sweatpants that maybe I should... Um, do a wash for, you know,
1: know, things like that. Um, We we won't dwell on coronavirus too much, but we should just do a little sort of entertainment recap, which is weird in itself, isn't it? But actually, so when we left you on the podcast last week, we were teasing the fact that A Quiet Place 2 was going to be on this week's episode, but... No, it's not. Yeah, it got pushed no.
0: back. So the premiere was supposed to take place and I was supposed to be having a nice chat with Emily Blunt and John Krasinski, but um, the whole release has been pushed back uh, and who knows if it will even come out at the later date, it's been pushed back to. So we won't be talking about that. Of course, it's not the only casualty. We've seen loads of films being postponed a and... couple of my
1: friends work in films and it's um you really don't think about the knock-on effects of these things but one of them who was working on the little mermaid she's now been laid off because they've halted production um and my other mate that, that makes props he's saying he's expecting within the next couple of weeks to for production to halt yeah and cinemas closing the western
0: theaters all shut same over there on broadway isn't it stevie
2: uh, yeah, all the theaters shut. And then also the cinemas also, uh, you know, originally they were going to do 50% occupancy, but now they've just shut all of them altogether. So it's just easier to to handle, you know, control the situation by really not having too many opportunities for people to kind of meet up and uh, spread spread this. Virus, so. And
1: even some of the most famous people in the world are catching it. We've had lost Tom Hanks, didn't we? He oh, ended up going Tom into hospital for a few weeks.
2: Oh, bless him yeah. in
0: Australia. And uh, Idris, of course, Idris Poor Elba. Idris. Yeah. it's uh, Although, you know, he's had no symptoms, but he's still got it, bless him. And uh, all, all sorts of other people. Turning up with it, and I'm sure plenty more in the weeks to come as well. So, um, if it's you weird. are, if you are, if you have caught it and you're feeling rough, you're not alone. The great and the good celebrities are with you as well.
1: And it's weird now, it's uh, TV shows as well are filming without. Audiences. I know you've been doing it over there, or they've been doing it over there in America for a while, haven't they? All of the late night ones have stopped. But Um, um, over here, um, Keith Lemon did a really interesting Instagram video talking about how they were all filming without a studio audience.
0: Um, We've just filmed a comp show, uh, just doing links to the best bits of juice. Um, It was weird without an audience, no audience. And um, we're all done. Um, Two of the guests stayed, um, everyone else went home. Don't see for a week, I'll see you for a window. Um, wash your hands and don't fa- um, feel compelled to buy um, toilet paper because they make it here and it's not imported,
2: so it's a waste of time. Have a lovely evening. I heard that, you know, shows like Graham Norton, they're all going to be in trouble because obviously they can't book anybody to come on to the show. So it's going to be tough for any of these programmes that like need to supply a weekly kind of content uh, to the audience. So. I wonder
1: what they'll do, I whether will... they'll just pause some shows like that for a while. I'm sure they'll greatest just...
2: Hits
0: yeah they 'll just they 'll pause them, I guess, and then put the the good thing is there is so much brilliant t v out there isn't, <laughs> there there? isn't so it 's not as if if you don 't have graham Norton on there 's nothing else on worth putting on i mean there 's a whole back catalogue of films and t v and all the brilliant things that 's the one good thing about being isolated these days is as long as you 've got access to some viewing. It's not too grim, is it? Well, not
2: too Did you grim. hear that Universal is going to release all of their current catalog on VOD? So Invisible Man, uh, the the upcoming Trolls animated film, uh, Hunt, like all these films are oh, going all to the be new available. Film. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Uh, and they're holding off on obviously uh, Fast. What are we? Nine, ten, eleven? Um, <laughs> Fast <that's>, three hundred and
0: seventy-six. <laughs> yeah,
2: that's that's going to be a film for next year. They just flat out were just like, we can't handle this. Like, because once once the theaters open up again, there's going to be a major cluster of just films trying to like get those, you know, get into those screens. And so everybody's just like on this weird pouncing hold, you know. And so uh, films like The Quiet Place will either have to decide if they're going to do it immediately, or they're going to also wait until next year because. You know there are films already slotted for the rest of you know the the, the later half yeah. of the year. Yeah, there'll
0: so. be a really busy slate, won't there? It'll be yeah. uh, it'll be a very it's interesting a time. House. Well, we can look forward to that. But in the meantime,
1: don't worry, there's plenty of TV. Julian <laughs> Fellows in particular, as well. Can't seem <laughs> yeah. to get Pro- him off the telly at the Propping moment. Propping up the industry, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, single-handedly, the one man providing most of our TV. Um, so uh, you might have caught at the moment on ITV every Sunday his um, new show Belgravia, which is with the same team. Uh, behind Downton Abbey But we are going to talk about his new Netflix show uh, Which is a kind of similar vibe Taking a look back at a historical moment In time It's called The English Game And it's about how sunrise. football started
2: Only gentlemen have lifted the cup Men from fine schools With fine clothes, fine lives and know where the sun sets Imagine what it would mean To see men like us lifting. That's the dream
0: Confusingly, English game, but like the main character Scottish, right?
1: Yeah.
2: Yes. <laughs> and is he famous? Cause he cute. So I just kept on staring at him, going like, mm, I like this game. I like soccer, so much fun. <laughs> I would,
0: actually, you know, in my notes it says there are lots of uh, kind of easy on the eye actors in this. Yes. Yeah. Uh, it's certainly an easy watch in that sense. Did they
1: have hipster beards back then, like that. I'm yes. sure they didn't have beards that were that. Style. I think they've
0: taken some license with the beards as well, because they do. <laughs> all look very coiffed. They were doing a good <laughs> line of beard oil back in the 1900s or whatever it was.
1: So episode one, we're introduced to sort of the, the very early beginnings of football. You see uh, this old Etonian football group. It's, it's always been up until this point where we see them a sport that the upper classes are playing um, but they face off against this more working class group in this episode and it's about how the system is a bit rigged against ordinary folk and but then the
0: but then the ordinary folk are sort of rigging it because they're um, the baddie from Line of Duty he's got um, Craig Parkinson we like him he's, he's paid a couple of Scottish players to come down and be really brilliant at playing and then the Etonians are oh, it's, it's it's very political on the pitch, isn't it? Everyone's got <laughs> underhand tactics going
1: on. I know on paper this is the sort of thing that would appeal to a wide audience, but in in my book, aren't you picking like you're picking very boring subjects, Julian? For well, this, you've got you're doing the history of football. You're combining in the sort of slightly drudgery of. The Downton Abbey vibe, and
0: well, it's like how. What is the Venn diagram? Where is the overlap between football fans and period drama fans? <laughs> yes. it's I mean, weird. yeah, it's it's strange. I, I was watching it, just thinking, who is this for? Because it is not for me, and I clearly, mean, it sounds like it's not for you guys either.
1: And I'm not sure it would be for like. Yeah, you are football fans on the terraces either. Well, maybe it would.
2: It's kind of, well, because unfortunately, the, the, the sequences of the football game, they're not that exciting. And so it's really about the behind-the-scenes stories of these people and how, like, you know, even the Etonian, like, kind of lead guy, Edward Holkoff, with his crazy beard, um, at first he's he's kind of an elitist, but then slowly, as he discovers and gets to know these people, he understands that, like, the working class are people too. You know, and you're just like, <laughs> ugh. Um, yeah, as well as so, having lots of
0: recognizable faces in it, it does seem to have quite a few recognizable kind of plot tropes, tropes doesn't yeah, it? Yeah. You know, yeah. it's uh,
1: it's it's on Netflix, but it's got that real Downton Abbey Sunday night vibe about it, yeah. hasn't it? Like <laughs> these are the shows where you sort of end up watching when there's not much on <laughs> on a Sunday. So I do wonder how well it will do on the streaming site.
2: Well it is it's a new program and again everybody's looking for stuff to kind of check out and so maybe this will just pop up and be like, All right, let's just see it and luckily it's it's a it's a mini series, so it's actually not a full on like ten episode uh thing I think it's only like well six, but you know for 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 normal Netflix shows, it's like around ten, and so this is shorter than than what they normally put out as a series
0: and I must say you mentioned it at the start there, Katie, but Belgravia's on as well on Sundays at nine p m on i t v and that kind of slot, and I actually much preferred that because that really? just seems like more standard period drama you know where you are with a period drama why have you got to stick the history of football
1: in it combine too many things
0: with afternoon teas and we meet again after so many years what a coincidence let's go to a ball and all that fine yeah great (laughs) Uh, I think
1: that's my thing the English game is like making Downton Abbey a bit more boring by adding football (laughs) (laughs) right so okay. they've got some cute men with hop, with hipster beards. Yeah, a beard. so yeah.
2: <laughs> English games got cute, cute guys. Belgravia has the awesome Tasman Greg yeah. as the lead uh, mum, and so I feel like she's probably the most interesting thing, like in on this show because the show's to me a little bit it felt dated and it's like he's definitely trudged this territory like a while ago and so I don't know I didn't feel like I, I I didn't again who's the show for if 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 you have such a history of wonderful kind of costume dramas how does this kind of like fit into it's this world it's Downton
0: fans though isn't it
2: Downton was so aspirational like it's like oh the house is amazing and they wear lovely clothes <laughs> and this is just like <laughs> I don't know. It just—I don't—I didn't. I, I just watched the first episode, and 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 I just—I I did not enjoy it as much as maybe the English game because I had nothing. Uh, like, you know, it's just different for a Julian Fellowes' piece for me. So I don't know. It's, but how much both
1: money must okay. Julian okay. Fellowes be making at yeah. the moment?
0: Oh, serious amounts. Plus, there's another Downton film uh, reported to be in the works. Really? So, uh, yeah, I wouldn't be uh, worrying too much if we're not going to be watching the English game because I think uh, he's not too worried about our pounds.
1: But I wonder if Netflix have tied him into one of those just throw a lot of money at you, you can do what you want deals. So do we think he's going to turn up a few other different sort of... I don't think so. I mean,
2: he he allegedly has a, another series that's coming out in the states about americans kind of um, like rich americans during this period so oh, so we'd like that. I, I think that would
1: be a twist wouldn't
2: it yeah i think there's a bunch of pro, like he's, he's his production company is definitely just like spreading out the julian fellow's magic and be like you're going to pay for this because we got a show for you you know and so <laughs> Uh, I think we've got a bunch of stuff coming up for the next uh, at least two years.
1: Maybe they've cloned him. Do you think there's many yeah. Julian Fellows in one room? Like how many <laughs> Julian Fellows in one room on typewriters does it take to produce a work of Shakespeare? <laughs> what an image. I love it. <laughs> um, well, moving on from Julian Fellows. Now, I feel a little bit responsible for this one because I um, encouraged you all to watch a new BBC show called Mr Winner, which is out uh, on BBC Two, 10 o'clock. Uh, from the 25th of March onwards um, because it's got Spencer Jones in it who is a brilliant comic who I've seen a couple of times uh, up in Edinburgh. He's so surreal he's so um, weird and clever with his comedy and this is his first go at uh, sort of being the main character in a sitcom and what did everyone think of Mr Winner? Well <laughs> <laughs> I wouldn't describe it as surreal or no, uh, it's hilarious. Not. It's or... not as clever as I desperately wanted it to be. Probably
0: my favourite thing about it is that Barry from East <laughs> turns up as his father in law, which I really liked. And not, uh, not
1: for very long in episode no, one. I'm sure he will appear slightly longer in the later episodes. Barely
0: in it. So the premise is, isn't it, that it, the show's called Mr. Winner and, and he plays Mr. Winner. So this guy who's a bit of a kind of bungling loser, I suppose pays but ironically his name is Leslie, Leslie Winner. Winner so um, that's kind of the quality of the jokes that you're looking at right? <laughs> 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 uh, and uh, I guess it's all about how he's trying to He's about to get married, and he's trying to get a job and get a good life set up for him and his fiance. But um, yeah, like it's I say, it's
1: weirdly a... one dimensional, isn't it? As, yeah. as a character, there was a sort of elements of Mr. Bean almost. Yes, very. Yeah, that kind of cringy comedy. I was thinking
0: like Alan Partridge. I don't really get on with mm. that kind of comedy. Anyway, I don't like to be made to feel tense, but um but that's said I did laugh out loud a couple of times. I did so. as well.
1: And there's this whole uh plot line in episode 1 where he finds a piano because he's a removal man in normal life and he does it it plays itself so he uh, ends up uh pretending to be a pianist and playing in a local restaurant. And there's lots of humor based around the fact that he's miming the piano. I'm I did. I did chuckle. The
0: funniest um, thing was when they, that they, uh, they, someone requests "My Girl" by The Temptations, and he looks for it on the piano system, and he's like, "Oh yeah," and, he, and then he starts playing it, and it's "My Girl" by Madness, <laughs> and like that just made me crack up because the idea that a piano would come preloaded with "My Girl" by Madness just absolutely <laughs> had me in pieces. I um, wonder
1: whether maybe it's it's kind of almost like the sitcoms of the seventies and the eighties, though, isn't yeah. it? There's, some, there's something a little bit retro in the feel of it, and. I wonder if perhaps that's actually what what he wanted to sort of go back to the sitcoms that he grew up with.
2: I just feel like it it was like one joke that just is stretched out so thin yeah. that by the time the 30 minutes, which isn't a long time to like do one joke, um, by the end I was just like, just, I don't know any more people. And so it just felt, it felt like he could have done more with it, but it really was just the fact that he he brought a piano and he, it plays by itself and he's got to fake it because he wants to make some money. And then that's pretty <laughs> much the whole joke. That's the whole joke of the I episode guess. one. But I, I yeah. think
1: I'd give it, I'd give another episode a go just to sort of see whether or not that was. Was just a, a, a bit of a slow pilot. A bum note. Huh? Yeah.
0: <laughs> oh. If, if yeah. your first episode
2: is a bum note, ooh, people. Yeah.
0: I like though that he said, two weeks ago, we were in so much debt that my missus had to hide our car a few streets away from the bailiffs. This week, I'm the lead in a BBC One sitcom. Nice. Welcome to the entertainment industry. I like that. I like the story behind it.
2: Yeah,
1: he's Honestly, he's a really interesting, funny guy. And I feel just slightly frustrated that this doesn't really do his humour that much justice. I wonder, OK, but to take him out of the equation that he's in this, mm. if you put a proper actor into that role, do you think it would have been improved slightly? Do you think maybe it's, again, like we had with Feel Good last week, it's um, mm. people that are comedians attempting to act and perhaps not being able to have the sort of comic timing of actually delivering punchlines and I know you do that when you're doing stand up but it's a different thing isn't it?
0: I don't think so because it wasn't the acting that bothered me I think it was the kind of cringy jokes Oh no (laughs) <laughs> Sorry.
2: <laughs> it was. It just is situational. And I feel like when he kind of plots his episodes, he's like, this week we're going to have a piano. Yeah. And then we're going to, this is, you know, and then so everything's written around that experience. And so, um, or or just the fact that we've now been trained to watch, you know, comedies where there's just a lot more character development. And like, you know, by the time we even see what they're doing, we understand who these characters are. And so this guy's just a bumbling fool, you know, and so... Cool. Yeah I, don't know. yeah, I think maybe
0: you've hit on it, Katie. Actually, maybe like the Boomers would really like this because it yeah. is yeah. like that kind of gentler, kind of easier comedy of perhaps like the '80s. Maybe. Oh, yeah. oh sorry,
1: Spencer. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just trying to promote anyone with
0: Spencer name. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yes, <laughs> Katie's like, if you're a
1: Katie or a Spencer, I support you. <laughs> <laughs> Spencer solidarity. Um, shall nice. we move on to something a bit different? I want to talk about Hillary Clinton because a few weeks ago, Stevie Wong, you posted a photo with Miss Hillary Clinton.
2: I, I was not with her. I well, just want to was clarify. Well, the background. <clears throat> She was in the room that I was at. So basically, I um, was invited to this event where it was basically the premier event to show Hillary's new documentary, which is on Hulu, which unfortunately doesn't have, ha- does not have a UK release date just yet. So maybe it'll come out at some point. Um, but it, it really is it's a four-episode doc about Hillary Clinton's life as, you know, first as a lawyer, then becoming a wife to uh, Bill, and then going to the White House, and then then going you know, do her scandals and then trying to become the next president of the United States. So it's stuff that we think we know, but because it's told in this way, it's very... I don't know how much of, of this series you've watched, but it just... I mean, the two episodes that I saw at the premiere, it was heartbreaking to, to, to experience. I walked out really sad, actually, and so by the time we go to this after party, I was just like, I'm like, I'll take a photo for the Insta, and then just <laughs> just waited for her, but then people, you know, were so moved, and when they saw her, there's like a long line of people wanting to, like, hug our Hillary and, uh, and yeah, she's...
0: Did it make you feel very sympathetic towards her then, Stevie?
2: Yeah, I think, I think what What it is, is, you know, especially in in American politics, a woman who wants to do something with her life, there really isn't that much space for her to exist. Because, you know, she was a woman that was like, even when she was the Arkansas, like, you know, governor's wife, um, she was a lawyer. And and so people were complaining about the way she looked, how she didn't take his name. And then so he lost the next round. And so people were blaming it on her. And so that's just the beginning of her, like, kind of wife status, you know. And, and, And from then onwards, every time something bad happened to Bill, it felt like Hillary was the one to blame. You know, and so there's it's just it's very tough to watch, but I mean, it's very
1: honest as well, isn't it? It's a real sort of it's warts and all.
2: Yeah, it's a very interesting documentary, and, and and you know I know at the time at this time you can't see in the UK, but if you get ever get a chance, it's just something that really made an impression, and I think it's one of the best like doc series that came out this year so far, and it's it's just really wonderful. So
1: did you get to chat to Hills then,
2: or did you just no no? You were too we just, busy at the after. snack
1: table,
0: weren't you?
2: <laughs> well, I was really hungry, so that was the other thing. <clears throat> By the time I like went to this thing, the screening was at seven, and then uh, I didn't eat before that. And then I thought it was two episodes, so two hours, I'd be out by nine. But no, the first episode's 90 minutes. So by the time I got to, to like, get out, it was 11. (laughs) I was so hungry. And And so me and my friend...
1: I love how there's always, like, a buffet-related tale in most of your premieres. <laughs> like, when you're in Cannes and you were too busy getting your snacks to realise that Elton John was about to go on stage.
0: Exactly. Or when you're exactly. in
1: Toronto and you kind of started chatting to Alfie Allen because he walked past you at the
0: buffet table.
2: Yeah, exactly. That's, that's where I get all my magic, you know, insider information. So, <laughs> But, yeah, I, I had, like, three sliders before uh, she... No one else was eating. And it was hilarious because there was a lot of celebrities there. It was really interesting, actually. It's, you know, and, and I had done the really bad thing of not dressing up for this because I just thought it was like a like a press Stevie kind of
0: dressed down by the snack table, rabbing yeah. sliders into his mouth. While everyone else God. talks to Mrs. Clinton.
2: Like, exactly. I was like double fisting. I had a Diet Coke in one hand and a plate of sliders in the other. And I was just like, let's do this, wearing my, my ratty jeans and like a, a crappy t shirt. And like, and everybody else was really looking good. And I was like, oh, oh no, I, I'm in the wrong space. So I was very much like, I, I really look like a pap. I mean, it was just one of those things where I was just like, "Oh, great, that's the." Did that's security the
0: that's... come up to you at any point? And like, they gave like, me funny excuse, looks. They excuse did.
2: me, Mr. Wong. <laughs> yeah, are you sure you have an invitation? Um, because it was so many celebrities. I mean, like it—it it, it really was like wall to wall people. That you're like, "Oh, that person's done this," and there's a lot of you know, there's a lot of designers and actors and da-da-da, you know, and I was, like, stuffing my face, waiting for <laughs> Hillary so I could take a photo to leave. Um, oh, well, it's only so disappointing
1: was... you didn't shake hands with a greasy burger. Probably for the best yeah. yeah. of older, yeah, Hillary. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, but I love it. other than
2: that, watch this doc when you get a chance to, because it's <laughs> it's really special. <laughs> well, well,
1: sticking with interesting and sort of inspirational documentaries, um, we have to talk about Crip Camp. It is brilliant. Yes. It's going to be out on Netflix from the 25th of March onwards. And you have to see it. It's uh, funny. It's a political documentary all about the history of disability activism.
2: The world always wants us dead. We live with that reality. At the time, so many kids just like me were being sent to institutions. It was just a continual struggle.
0: Most disabled people, like myself, are unable to use public transportation.
2: We needed a civil rights law of our own.
0: Yeah, it's based, isn't it, around this camp, like a summer camp, uh, that that, um, a lot of these disabled youngsters from across the US go to, and it's kind of the first time that they experience... Any kind of real freedom, isn't it? It's, it's such a great
1: yeah. idea. So it was during the seventies, and basically all of the camp uh, camp counselors—is that what they call them? They're, they're all yeah. smoking weed, and they're all high, and, and they're, they're just, just letting, them, <laughs> letting the letting the campmates do whatever they want.
2: Yeah, and it's really interesting because you know during that period of time, these were the kids because when during their normal days in the city or whatever, they were treated differently, and all of a sudden here they were—they 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 were, they were allowed to shine. They were allowed to kind of fall in love. They were allowed to do a lot of first things, you know, there. And so somehow the whole experience was so empowering that moving forward in the, in the following years, it kind of inspired them to become activists, um, yeah. to get Fair kind of access for people who are disabled, and ultimately, and, yeah, and, like
0: change the law,
2: really. Yeah, totally, totally change the law, and um, it just is so—it's—it's it's such a wonderful like experience because you're—you really root for these people, and 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 you know, it just—it and and what they've gone through is is just really fascinating. But it all stemmed from this camp that was like a hippie <laughs> like yeah. camp for you know the disabled people. But it,
1: it's told so well as well because it's got all the sort of um, uh, what's the uh, super eight footage from back in the time Mm. and it's with music of the era as well and it's genuinely funny so I was watching it at the weekend uh, with my boyfriend and he was sort of sat on his phone by the side of me and I felt like I was hogging the tv and I was about a half hour in I was like do you you want me to stop this and you can we can watch something else if you want he was like no no go carry on watching this it's really interesting and it's there's such a side of history that you would know nothing about that it deserves to be told these stories and it's told I, with such humor there's like yeah. how one summer crabs went around yeah. the camp because they were all <laughs> sleeping with each other and one of the uh, one of the women tells a story about how she got gonorrhea but then she got offended because she went to the doctors and they couldn't even fathom the fact that she could be sexually active
2: so it all boils down to this wonderful woman Judy Human who was also a you know a crib camp kind of attendee uh, and she she really did she was like the, the, the spokesperson for the whole like disability movement and I mean the insane thing is that you know the laws didn't happen until the nineties. Yeah. And so yeah. this is it's so crazy how like just such a recent uh, event. I mean prior to that like there were still no ramps for people to like go into buildings and, and Oh my just, god they, they were, were treated, treated
1: dreadfully
0: awfully yeah. like, it's like it's almost yeah. like a forgotten part of history or certainly something I kind of wasn't well, aware they of. They go anyway. into
1: detail about the institutions as well that yeah. some people no. were, were were ending up in and just being left to, to rot essentially. I
0: was going to say actually this I think it's a it's a good documentary and it's an important documentary but it's not an easy watch. There were parts of it that I just it was so hard. It was horrible to see some of the things that were going on on and it's yeah in that sense it's it wasn't kind of it's not all fun and games basically. The but camp th- the right. camp bit is lovely but it's really got some quite hard tough viewing and some tough content in it. This doc
1: but it just puts you so well into their shoes though as well doesn't it even when they're going to washington dc they literally had no transport so they ended up hiring removal trucks and they had to wheel all of the wheelchairs in there sit there in a dark removal truck with no lights on and just drive around town to get the places that they wanted to be oh there's a bit where the guy
0: one of them goes to new york and then to get off the subway no one will help him up the subway Mm -hmm. steps. so he like is crawling up the steps then hauling his wheelchair up step by step by step it's just incredible
2: it's it's insane. I mean, so the reason why I was like so good like keen on having you guys watch this was because this film won the Audience Award at Sundance this year. Right. And okay. It's also it's also the second film of the Obama's kind of production company ah. and so they well, did they won yeah. And, you know, they won the Oscar for their American uh, factory film yeah. last year. And so so this they're on a very good role at this point. And so they're really like investing into stories that are just really inspiring and, and just uh, interesting to, to watch. So but it's an uh, aspect yeah. of civil
1: rights that I'd never even really thought yeah. that much about. And the, it's it's such an important side of history and how they were supported by the Black Panthers and. Yeah, it's great. It's definitely, I I cannot stress enough just how interesting and, and funny and heartbreaking this documentary was.
2: It's definitely one of the best things out this month. And so I would say if you have some time and you just want to see something inspirational, this is definitely the film to watch. Uh, so uh, there's another show that I pushed for um, called "Making the Cut," gear uh, change, M- <laughs> yeah, know, extreme gear bit. change. Exactly. Um, yeah, you it, know, it, <laughs> one on show Amazon is
1: about
0: Prime. kind of you know the, changing the world, and uh, and this show is about changing, changing your clothes. what
2: you wear. <laughs> <Yes>. Fashion <laughs> changes the world. It'll make you feel better about yourself. it can
0: definitely take my brand to the next level. It would be able to make bigger collections, so get better showrooms.
1: This is the biggest opportunity of my life i can't miss this up also each episode the winning look will be available in the making the cut store making the cut making the cut making the cut
2: we are like proud parents i think this could be a winner very elegant sensational it's the brand new amazon prime series that starts on march 27th and it stars heidi klum and tim gunn uh, who used to be the host for project runway for 16 seasons but now they've gone off and like made their own thing with Amazon with a crazy budget and Huge uh budget, yeah, yeah. So this is, is designers.
0: So we've had the great British bake off. We've had the pottery throwdown if you're in the UK. Uh we've had oh well we've had it all, but now it's designers, isn't it? So the idea is that they're from all over the world and and they all want to get their now, what's the
1: grand prize? Is it... You get a million dollars for one.
2: You get a yeah, million biggest... dollars. It's massive. So you win a million dollars, and then uh, every winning design every week will become an Amazon kind of thing that they're gonna make so for you people to buy. Literally and I think I...
0: watch the show and if you like what the winning designer has made, you can go and buy it on Amazon. I do
1: love that idea. I it's a great concept. Of, yeah. I would
0: love to see those figures, wouldn't you? To see how many people actually buy yeah. them. Because like in the first week they do two different looks. So they do like a runway look and then like a more accessible look. Although I would mm. argue some of the accessible looks are not very accessible. Um
1: <laughs> but
0: uh yeah, so it'd be interesting to see the figures on, like, who buys them and, yeah, which looks are more successful and things. I just think that's really interesting because you might you might not be the winner of the whole series. You might not get the million, but then if you sell loads and loads on Amazon, then maybe you'll make more than a million.
1: It's done do very well. well, isn't it? Because if you enjoyed Project Runway, which I used to binge on when I lived in America all the time, um, it, it's, it's kind of better, isn't it? I enjoyed it. You've got the brilliant pedigree of judges like Nicole Richie and Na- Naomi Campbell. Naomi Campbell is so...
0: Brilliantly, Naomi, in this. Great. Okay. Oh, I love us
2: so much! It's it's actually, and actually, I I kind of fast like I saw even more episodes than you. And then they also bring in that Chiara Ferragni girl, uh, who's the Instagram like superstar who's got like seventeen million followers, and <laughs> I mean like she's and uh, she's one of the judges after Nicole, and and it's it is. The reason why it's it's impressive is because they go everywhere to kind of set up these, these yeah. you know they bring these designers. So the first episode they're going to Paris, mm. and so you know they spend three episodes there, and then afterwards they go to Tokyo, which is crazy. So they oh you budget couldn't for do it show, now,
1: could you? Couldn't do <laughs> I know, it now. That-
2: that was probably one of the things watching it. I was just like, oh, this is this is a show from a different era. <laughs> like, <laughs> like, it feels it feels dated.
0: <laughs> I uh, I never watched Project Runway, so I wasn't familiar with Tim Gunn. I know Heidi Klum from you know off of being a model, but I didn't know Tim Gunn. I kind of found him quite strange. I got to say, he wasn't. He was okay. a bit. He was always.
1: He's Tim. He's just being
0: he's Tim. was like I, that's Tim. I have Tim. chills just saying this as he yeah, says something completely <laughs> innocuous and anodyne. Like, oh, okay, are we supposed to be chilled? Then. I'm feeling emotional to say this, but the next big brand is in this room. And it's like, well, yeah. you want to be careful there because you should maybe hang <laughs> your bets a little bit more because we are going to get the evidence on this. It's going to follow right. through. Um, he just seemed um, a bit a bit much. But then it's a bit evil, isn't it? Because at the end, they uh, when they do the judging, they say, have you changed your mind to the judges? So they basically say to the contestants, you might be able to talk your way out of being kicked off. Right. And then, uh, and then they have a chat with them and they go, have you changed your mind? Everyone goes, nah, nah. nah. <laughs> <laughs> your conversation was not good enough. You're biffed. <laughs> Oh. It's
2: it's very, well it it feels like there's a it's a whole scene because Netflix had that um, next in fashion series that came out yeah. with a couple you know like a month and so there's a lot of fashion shows coming around and so my problem with this is it's now because Project Runway still exists so I in theory watch three fashion shows <laughs> <laughs> you know in your a, a onesie week, at if, home you know, <laughs> yeah and and it it's a lot of you know designers kind of making their way you know doing something on it you know all very similar, hours to make a dress they? yeah um, I have. This- I have a little insider thing cuz um on the first episode my poor friend uh 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 is is uh, one of the contestants no. and um she may or may not uh last longer than the first Ooh. episode. Can we say her name? What was the inside goss then? Uh, I haven't talked to her. I feel bad because, you know, she's been on Insta and really kind of selling the fact that she's on the show. So the last thing I want to do is just like, oh, my God, I saw the first episode. You got to get that. What's that like? You know, so um, I, I, I don't Classic want to go there. Classic Stevie. Yeah. Um, so I'll just hold off and Let's just hope celebrate the she doesn't the listen fact. to this. Uh, she won't. Uh, but, like, it, I just, I, you know, I feel like we should just celebrate the fact that she got chosen and um, unfortunately did not, uh, you know, make the cut <laughs> <laughs> uh, for the, uh, after the first episode. The other
0: <laughs> the thing that's a bit weird about this is they have these weird little kind of vignettes, these kind of little sketches oh, yeah. where Heidi and Tim. Tim. Kind Tim. of just, it's just like a little insert from their day in Paris or whatever and it's just it just feels very oddly edited to me this whole thing it's just it's, yeah maybe it's just too much money or something Heidi
1: it's... Klim's one of the executive, executive producers isn't she oh well. maybe she
0: yeah. said I want more me in it or yeah. something because the episodes are quite long and so it's an hour yeah so like, well you could get, get rid of those little vignettes for starters yeah, it's longer exactly. than an hour I think wasn't it the first one anyway
1: I,
2: well it's just really hard to compare it to not compare it to Project Runner, which set a tone for how fashion shows like competition shows look like yeah and so they're trying their best to kind of do something similar but not quite because it's their own show now and um i don't know i i it's not my favorite of the lot um i i would i would actually go back to project runway like i feel more invested in, in those contestants these days than
1: uh, i'm quite than hooked guys, by the that. whole being able to I, I really want to see what the effect will be of being able to instantly buy these clothes when yeah. the show comes out online. Oh yeah, I'll definitely well, go and have
0: a little uh, look, look and see how much they are. Yeah, that's I bet obviously really what, what we're most curious that's about true, is actually, how much do you have to pay the for point. these dresses yeah.
2: and whatnot. It's true. I would say the show gets so much better once they hit Tokyo. Um, and 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 there's at least it looks very foreign and fun and crazy, and they do really interesting things over there. So spoiler, you know, um, uh, keep keep watching until you get to uh, to Tokyo. Mm-hmm.
1: Well, we truly have something for everyone's tastes this week. Yeah, we really do. As long as you like period football.
0: Serious documentaries.
1: Okay, maybe take that back.
0: Well, if you've watched something that maybe you think we should be talking about that we haven't been talking about, which is highly possible because there is so much TV out there. And let's face it, you're probably watching more than we are right now. Um, then do that as net well. You can email us on backstage at... At sky.uk, or you can see what we're up to, which is obviously not much on the socials. I'm, uh, I'm yeah. uh, Claire Sky Showbiz on Instagram or Scoop Dog Sky
1: on Twitter. I'm Spenny Picks on Instagram and at Sky Katie Spencer on Twitter as well.
2: I'm at Wongyu One on both Instagram and Twitter.
1: So next week we'll be talking about a new
0: crime drama set in Victorian London, Miss Scarlett and the Duke. So do return
1: next week. Is uh, this the one that you've been going on about, Stevie, the Duke?
2: I don't mind it. Mm-hmm. Okay. Oh, what he? He's got, again, he's got a, a a fancy like hipster beard, so maybe that's a whole <laughs>
1: thing. Um, Not like Stevie's got a type. Yeah.
0: <laughs> if you got a hipster beard, you get on the podcast. Take note TV teams.
1: We'll see you all very soon. Take care. Bye. Bye. Bye.